button. Hmm. Not as satisfying. <laughs> uh, Wait, what, what, what? Did you hear the coffee? No. Yeah, it, it wasn't as satisfying over this mic. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, uh, welcome to uh, Stoner's Point Podcast remote episode today. Um, hello, hello. Hey, yeah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What I'm happened? Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> can you say hello fuck you too man well i was i was i was concerned that there were audio issues you know that thing that never happened to us <laughs> well, there's going to be audio issues on my side you know remember i'm getting through a pipe and string going through three countries and five fpns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh all powered by a squirrel yeah, yeah. And that's if somebody don't, like, you know, blow up a fucking tower or something out there. Yeah, yeah. We got a bunch of crazy motherfuckers wanting to shoot stuff. <laughs> right? Never know. It's always possible. And, uh, yeah, so um, we took a week off. It, it was much needed. And uh, then we didn't record yesterday because, well, acid. Um <laughs> And uh, so yeah, so we're doing this episode today. We were we were going to do an episode about um, uh, John McAfee, but you know we kind of just spaced out that whole week. And uh, then that weekend came that we were going to do it, and then the power went out, and like it was just kind of a nightmare. So we just took the week off. Um, and I will put in there we have to add him to the Epstein list of those that did not kill themselves. Oh, what is he dead now? Uh, yeah. John McAfee's dead. <laughs> yeah. What? Found dead, hung in a Spanish prison, awaiting extradition. When was this? June twenty third of last year. Uh, yeah, last year now. No, year before last. Twenty one. June twenty third, third twenty one. Holy shit. <laughs> This changes everything. <laughs> yeah, he uh. yeah, always said if he was ever found dead in prison, he didn't do it. And, well, he was found dead in prison. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's going to be an interesting topic. <laughs> like, he was an interesting topic before he didn't kill himself. Right. You know. And, honestly, not as bad a person as Epstein. Like, there may have been a murder, but, <laughs> you I know. mean, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah, murder happens, and, and, you know, a little spoiler, the murder that supposedly happened happened because the guy who got murdered poisoned Mac- McAfee's dogs. Yeah. So yeah, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. So, and that's I ain't the, saying he murdered. I ain't saying McCaffrey murdered him, but the guy deserved to be murdered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it it it's not it, to me. It, it isn't like he went out and killed an upstanding citizen. He killed a a dog murder because the dogs are always on his property. Like, come on. <laughs> 
But anyway. We'll, we'll have to catch up with him one day. Today's episode is not about that. Uh, today's episode is about Roswell. Be a little less strange. Yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Roswell. Uh, this was our voted topic um, because Dustin voted and Aaron did not because he doesn't believe in democracy. Yep. Fuck your voice. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you know, might as well. He doesn't want to share it. You know. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, we're gonna the the voted topic was Roswell and uh, the the Area Fifty One fiasco. So uh, what 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 do you know, Mike? It was a shitty TV series. Um, you know, oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> it's the butt of a joke in many of uh, other television shows and movies. Um, probably the butt of a joke in surrounding towns. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not from that particular part of the neighborhood. Um, it's probably like yeah, a town yeah. ordinance that no, it can't be like sold in any stores in town, in town inside city limits. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those hole-in-the-wall dirt net towns that you'd never know about if it wasn't for a little incident that happened back in what 1947. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ros, let's let's look up some stats on Roswell in 1947. Roswell stats 1947. Everybody knows the name Roswell now. Well. That wasn't helpful at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a little bitty town, a little bitty nothing, and yeah, everybody knows the name now. Um, so basically, have you ever seen have you ever seen a, a, a UFO, Mike? Well, you know, it depends on the fitting definition of a UFO, but yes, if we go by the actual literal definition of a UFO, yeah, I think everybody has. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean. Have you ever seen have you ever seen something like a flying saucer or something that flies in ways that don't match what you know to be our capabilities? Uh, that particular type thing that I would say would be advanced technologies. No, I have. I ha I actually have seen something that I would say, if if it exists as technology we have on this planet, and nobody's talking about it. Um, me and Aaron, uh, our, our Patreon, uh, was at the beach, um, maybe two years ago. Uh, yeah, we went down there to see Billy and, uh, we were, we were hanging out at the beach and we're out on the porch and the porch was like, you know, their, their little beach, uh, Airbnb was like kind of right on the water. So we're out there on the porch hanging out, chilling and, you know, we're not, like, exceptionally fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't fucked up beyond any kind of, like, range of my normal level. And uh, I look out, and I, I see, like, just off the corner of my eye, I see this, like, light. So I turn my head, and there's this green light, like, out above the water, you know. Um, and it's kind of hard to gauge distance, you know, when, when, looking, when you're at the ocean. You know what I mean? Things yeah. that are really close, look really close, could be like four or five miles away. So I don't know how far away this thing was, but it was it was clearly in my vision, and it was fucking like greenish. Um, it was uh, the sun was just starting to come up, so I think the greenish hue had to do with reflection a little bit. But it was it was bright, and it moved like a Nike swoosh, man. Like 
a quick as fuck. It, it moved down a little bit and then zigged the opposite fucking direction and disappeared. And I just, nobody else saw it. <laughs> so I did, I, I told Aaron about it later and he was like, man, I wish I'd have seen it, but nobody else saw it. So I just went back to my beer, but you know, to this day, I know what I saw, you know, <laughs> well, I know what it wasn't. It, it wasn't anything I've ever, you know, seen proof of existing in earth technology. And it moved exactly like they described the UFOs moving. I hear you, man. That's you know, that's some weird shit. And I never doubt anybody that does it because, you know, I've seen weird shit. It's not like that. But the closest thing I had was uh, I thought I'd saw a, a big flying V saw, uh, saucer or something like that of nature. And uh, we morning hours of going to school one day until I saw the same thing a couple of days later when it was actually daytime instead of like 5 o'clock in the morning. And it turned out to be three B-2 bombers that we didn't know about at the time. Oh. Flying in tight formation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the Roswell incident took place before there was any any of this stuff. Um, uh, so, it, it started, there was a, a flying saucer craze already going on, uh, apparently, at the time. Right, like it, they all over the place. Now, people in Roswell, like the the news there, you know, it, it took a little while. And the guy where this thing happened, the property, he he got like monthly newspapers, I think. So like he wasn't even really hip to what was going on. Um, you know, he's just like some weird sheep farmer out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And uh, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't think in '47 that very much news actually reached Roswell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually the the crash actually can happen in a little town called Corona, New Mexico. Um, at <laughs> the population in 2010 was 172 people. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, what happened if I a, a the guys it's like the middle of the night or like late at night. Uh, let's see. Um, da, da, da. Was his name? Uh, W.W. Mac Brazel. Right. Uh, he had left home on Saturday night, July 5th, 1947. He made a trip from his ranch to, to town, Corona. Uh, the ranch had no phone and no radio left. And he was unaware of the flying saucer craze of the prior 10 days. Um, so it wasn't until Saturday night that he had collected the debris he'd found three weeks earlier with the flying discs in the news. Uh, the debris was basically like tinfoil rubber and thin wooden beams that had been scattered across a square mile of his ranch. Um, he had previously gathered it and put it under a brush to dispose of it. Kind of like a farmer does, like, what the fuck is this shit? Well, let me get it out of my grazing field, you know. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, then he heard the stories of these silvery flying discs when he went into town. So he went back and he gathered up his shit. Um, that might be what I have. Wait a minute. <laughs> went back and dug out the debris and uh, took it to the sheriff's office. Uh, the sheriff card called Roswell's Army Airfield, and uh, they took over it and. Um, yeah, the the farmer took the like the uh, the ma major Jesse Marcel, the, which was the guy that kind of took over the case, back to the debris site, and they gathered up more pieces of rubber and tinfoil. 
Um, and then Marshall took the material home that night. Uh, that night, um, there's like a famous picture of uh, this guy. And he's like on a floor and he's got all this like tinfoil shit out in front of him. And it was because he knew that, you know, the next day this shit was going to be gone forever. So, like, he, uh, he, like, had his kids come out playing with it. They took pictures. He said that, like, when you balled it up, it, it, it would, like, unball itself. Like, it wouldn't, it, you know, he couldn't make it, like, change. Yeah, it crumpled, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just, it would constantly, it had enough flex in it to bring itself back to its regular state. Um, and he thought it was, like, some really cool shit, but, you know, he was just a major in the Army. Well, the, uh, actually, the Army Air Corps, I think it was at this time. Um, so he took it, the material to his commander uh, the following, like, Tuesday morning, um, command, a Colonel William Blanchard. Uh, he reported it to General uh, Ramey at Fort Worth, and he ordered the material flown uh, to his base immediately. Um, so they got aboard a B-29 and made a flight out there. On July 8th, the morning that he left, a uh, public information officer issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's uh, 509th Operation Group had recovered a flying disc, which had landed on a ranch near Roswell. Uh, the, the article said, quote, The many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the office of the 509th Bomb, Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and sheriff's offices of Chavis County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such time as he was able to contact the sheriff, who in turn no notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Marjorie Marcel to higher headquarters. Um, so he got in a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, he, um, he basically said years later, decades later, uh, that he said uh, his superior had told him, said, I said, Walter, don't run this story. If you do, you're going to be in trouble. They'll ship you out to Siberia. Um, as soon as the material was brought to uh, General Ramey's uh, desk, both Ramey and his chief identified the materials as pieces of a weather balloon kite. That's it. It's it's not some mysterious metal that does weird shit. And you know, if it is, well, you can't see it anymore because it's top secret. Uh, the balloons were attached to a six-pointed reflective device that looked like a silver star. After launch, the balloon expands with increasing altitude before bursting around 60,000 feet with pieces then dispersing their fall to the ground. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it took him three days to identify and put out the altar story that, you know, it wasn't a flying disc. It was a weather balloon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here's a picture of uh, Marcel with the debris. Um, it does look like straight up tinfoil, <laughs> you know, but mylar. Yeah. You know, Marklar. <laughs> and, um, the, the wood. So on, on there, there was like a, a thing I read years and years ago. I can't remember what it was, but it was like some sort of like article that was talking about the whole thing. And 
like it, it didn't just like crash into the field, right? It went through the roof of like this old barn or like storage building or some shit or silo that he had on the property. Um, it was no longer in use or whatnot. So he didn't really, that's where, that's where like the wood came from is it was pieces of the old barn that it crashed through on its way to the ground. Um, and when it made impact with the barn, it scattered whatever the hell hit it. Um, and, and that's, you know, I don't know how many different models of weather balloons they got, but the instruments on the bottom of them things aren't that big and they're not traveling sideways when they come down. N- nor are they made of wood. <laughs> Even if the wood was from the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not traveling. You've seen, you've seen fucking weather balloons and fucking hot air balloons. Yeah. They're, not, they're not traveling fast enough to tear a hole through a barn. Well, through the roof coming down from, you know, 5,000 feet. Yeah, but, you know, if it's in, fr- if it's in free fall. Yeah. I can see yeah, that if it's in like free fall. Yeah. But the uh, balloons would slow it down to the point where it couldn't, if it's still attached to the balloon. Even if it's burst, I mean, it's going to create enough drag where it should hit, maybe knock a little, you know, dent in it, but it shouldn't even go through a roof at that point unless it's an old one. Yeah. Um. So the the Roswell incident kind of faded for a while. Um. There was other shit going on. Uh. I mean, it did spark off this huge like uh craze though. I mean, there was already like a whole bunch of like flying saucers being reported everywhere, but this like brought on the whole genre of like science fiction really. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, the science fiction genre for it got started a little bit earlier. Oh yeah, you had like War of the Worlds and whatnot, but I'm talking about like this is when you start getting like the day the Earth stood still, you know, and shit like that. Well, there was enough of them where people were already interested in it, and there was uh, an incident just a little bit before Roswell of some pilot out west that was flying by in his little single engine. And had reported seeing something strange in the area. Oh yeah, but, you know, and and there's been reports of flying saucers. Like, uh, there's wood wood cuttings from like the 15th century in Germany, where they were so they're, they're depicting like this battle between these cigar shaped, uh, like flying craft and some like these triangle shaped things. You know, I mean, our government going back in time to create. Fake news to oh, it's the deep state. Discredit the conspiracy theory. Of goddamn, goddamn liberal media. That's kind of like saying that you know, God put dinosaur bones out there to test our faith. <laughs> oh man. Um. Uh, the, yeah, the the men in black figured if we put the story back far enough in the past, nobody would ever believe it was something true today. Therefore, you know, it was fiction for a long time ago. It ne- it never happened. We don't have aliens in our basement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sense. <laughs> and so they the the story becomes this whole thing of um, it, it trickles down into a cover up, right? First off, there's the initial report that it was a flying saucer that the military puts out that they then retract and say, no, 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 that's silly. We would never say that. We... Three days later, <laughs> time to gather the proper debris of an actual crashed weather balloon, stage the photos, get the photos developed, call the press, get them out there to take the photos, get the damn papers printed, then put out the statement that it was a weather balloon. 
Yeah. Um, 1947, people, that was fast. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I think they didn't, they didn't have the interwebs, you know. Um, <laughs> but after this crash, um, which, you know, didn't happen. It was, it was a weather balloon. It was only a weather balloon. Um, by the way, did you know that, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but the Japanese used, like, these little b- balloon bombs to try and, like, wipe out the, the west coast of the U.S., and some of them made it quite far, but didn't really do any da- do a lot of damage. I think there was like a forest fire started, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah there. <laughs> I mean, balloons were a thing. They made like a whole shit ton of paper balloons in Japan, and like, waited for the wind to be just right, <laughs> and they they blew good different good ways. Just a lot of them were duds. Um, almost as as ingenious as our bat bombs. <laughs> or Fidel's exploding cigar. Oh man! Then there was another one. Hell of a lot better than the dog bombs <laughs> and the cat ones, like training cats. Come the fuck on! <laughs> well, it's doable, but right. there's easier ways. If you're going to train an animal to go after a target, don't make that target your target. Don't train them on your target. <laughs> uh, so and there's there's stories of uh people who were involved like because there's you know when the army went out there it wasn't just them like the whole town you know went out there and there were a lot of people there both in the air force townspeople who said that they were intimidated afterwards by like you know government officials to not talk about what they seen and you know, ask them, did you really see that, or could it have been this? Um, there was claims that people saw bodies uh, in the wreckage. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I started to go into listening to all the stories again, and I was just, you know, nope, I'm not doing that. But there are stories where all these witnesses are coming forward and starting to say what they have seen. And I'm telling you, man, that stuff gets stranger every fucking year. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I believe the Roswell crash was an alien vehicle that was shot down. Uh, you know, I, but I don't believe in, like, I'm going to say 99% of the alien abduction stories you hear. I, I think 99% of them are bullshit. You know what I mean? There, 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 there may have been one that has happened, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's why I say 99%. See, I've thought about that, but take that a little farther. So you say it was an, a UF, an alien UFO from another world that, that came to this planet and we shot it down. That's, that's, that's where we're at. I, I mean, it, it's either that or something from this planet, you know, like a, a, well, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke a hole or nothing like that. I just want to, you know, let, let, let's follow this string out a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's where we're at in the in the in this version of the story is you know a, a craft from another place traveled the expanse got here and we shot it down by whatever you know uh, malice or intent behind it you know it got shot down whether we accidental or not right um, so now we've got shot down aliens on our planet. Two things should have happened at that point. Two, po- two probable, well, three. Either one, 
these folks are so far off course and we blew up the radio and you know we got no they, they could not contact home they have, for some reason their home has no idea what happened to them they just disappeared they're the they are the you know in the space versions of the Bermuda triangle and now there's a do not visit this area of signs somewhere out there in the galaxy and that's why we ain't shot down no more um two the aliens know it and they decide, you know what? They can kill us. We're we're not getting into that, you know. And you know, put a big again, do not visit sign out there in the universe somewhere. Yeah, hostile species. Yeah, or three. Well, it really took that damn long, and these motherfuckers are still coming out here to get us. It's just gonna be. Could be, yeah. Uh, um, just like in Stargate, right? When the Stargates close, they just come the old-fashioned way. Um. I, I kind of I kind been a while. It's been a while. I kind of feel like if it's say they're from another planet, right, and they're not from some like interdimensional thing of our own world or whatever. Um, say they're from a, another another galaxy or whatever, and they get here and they've been here coming here visiting and observing and and experimenting for you know millennia, and they have you know experienced little to no resistance, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, they get shot down. Right. And not only that, not only are, are there incidences at this time in um, Roswell, there's there's uh, Antarctica. Um, you can actually there's there's picture you can look at from like it's not Google Maps. It's some other thing that like they use for like the, the science with Antarctica. It's like more detailed. You can see like crashed ships in Antarctica. Um so apparently they, you know, th things were going good and maybe they only lost a few ships here and there to like bad conditions or, you know, like, well, depending uh, on who you ask, looking at pictures and maps of other worldly places, um, you can see all kinds of shit on Mars, like doors or faces or ducks. Bro, or do rabbits. you know, there's a, there, I just learned this. I was like yeah, two days, I was two days ago, years old when I learned there's a face on Antarctica. Yep. Looks a lot like the one on Mars. Yeah. Um, kind of looks like Daedra from uh, Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Face on... There's a fucking face on Mars. <laughs> people see fucking Jesus in toast and the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And pea soup. And but, Mike, whatever. you got to squint to see that shit. <laughs> no, no, you re you really don't. I mean, you're thinking it's that thing where the brain sees things that aren't there. But I'm thinking I see eyes, I see a nose, I see a mouth, and it's like symmetrical. Yeah, I'm saying that your brain picks out recognizable patterns and puts the particles together. In True. Human beings do see faces where there are none. I'm saying I don't think this is the case here. <laughs> you know, like well, I'm not I'm not debating that. I'm just <laughs> saying that, that that you know things get seen everywhere. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So all, yeah, all our fans out there, all three of our fans out there, you know, our stoners point of stands, uh, weigh 
in on this. You know, send some comments, some emails. What do you think about this face on Antarctica? Is it our brain tricking us into seeing things that aren't there because of it's how our our brains really do work, or is this a face? <laughs> and if it is a face, what does that tell? I mean, it it kind of it, it would prove my theories about Antarctica in our earlier episode. Uh, you know. Yeah, most definitely would do that. <laughs> we actually found something there. Yeah, yeah. That would, that would, that would definitely be proof. Um, and it would probably, if that face is actually intended to be a carved face, then that would probably indicate that we are originated from here. Yeah, but I mean, far as like the, the you go to the, the crash, the, back to the Roswell's crash, if all these years the only, you know, problems they have found have been like little like incidences, right? little accidents, and then we shoot one the fuck down. You know, it's like uh, it's like the it's like the it's, it's like that tribe of people in the Amazon or whatever, where that guy went to try and spread the word of Jesus and got filled with arrows. <laughs> people haven't been going back there to spread the word of Jesus. You know, <laughs> like I think, and that's kind of I think what happens. Like, oh shit, they'll ki- they can kill us. They've become yeah, hostile to us. I posited a theory at one time that the human race had came here from somewhere else in, in a spacecraft. But uh, something happened to that spacecraft, and they had to come down in an escape pods. And all of the escape pods somehow didn't make it, but one. And only, you know, two people came out of it. And, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would be why there's a missing link. Um, you know, we're looking in the wrong place. Maybe, just possibly, that the 47 craft, if indeed was a, for, a craft, was, you know, just, you know, putting something together, pulling it out of my, my tank here, um, a, a, an escape pod from an opposing Federation's craft that has been drifting out there for, you know, who knows how damn long, you know, and their systems have finally failed, and they had to send an escape pod of their own, just to see if they could get some, you know, people down here, and we shot it down. Because, you know, we didn't want that war to start over again. No, no. And then you go into, like, uh, (laughs) the Majestic 12 and all that shit, and uh, Valiant Thor, and there's, like, possibilities that after this, they took a more diplomatic relations stance with us. And... Because if you look after Roswell is when we see that huge spike in technology, like in the in the the rapid advancement of technology. You know, in which like there's there's alternate explanations and correlation does not necessarily equal causation. But sometimes it does. Just come out of a period of war, which also drives great innovation in technology. And when you get all that innovation of stuff that you were planning to do to kill people, and all of a sudden you don't get to kill people anymore, you got to do something with it, so you find other applications. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we, we we now cook our food with the remnants and you know uh, of the you know first you know, bits of uh, radar ex- experimentation. 
Yeah, and like I said, we there there are alternate theories as to you know what caused it, but like I said, we did start doing shit we had never even thought of before. Yeah, that's when we get we get microchip technology out of fucking nowhere. We get uh like like silica and shit like that getting involved in it. You know, um, like a lot of shit comes out of nowhere that we didn't have, and like I said, it could have been just innovation driven by the time. It could have also been reverse engineered shit and, you know, from spacecraft and uh, maybe like collusion with agents from space creatures or, you know, these these other these greys or what have you. Um, which I guess brings us to the questions of Area 51, right? Because that's where all this is going down, if it's happening at all. Um, yesterday we were watching that documentary about Bob Lazar. What do you think of Bob Lazar, Mike? Like as a person, do you find him, do you, do you, do you find his, his story credible? <laughs> well, I don't trust any human, but, um, as far as I can tell from his behavior while he was doing the show, um, yeah, I, I can't really fault him. Right, right. He could be lying, but there's no bells really going off other than some of the other than the story he's telling. You know, there's no like whistles going off that you're being conned, right? He's even kind of reluctant to really talk about a lot of it, except he's he's kind of us uh he he just seems like the type of guy who who he feels like it's fucked up that this knowledge isn't really being shared around. Um, so Bob Lazar, if you haven't checked, there's documentaries about the guy. Um, <clears throat> he was basically like a, uh, really, uh, this really smart ass motherfucker who was building rocket bicycles. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with him. I mean, the guy is fucking brilliant. He's not only into science, but he's into just doing you know, scientific and mechanical shit by hand. He gets his fucking hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. He's he's basically an engineer. Um, yeah. And he gets he, he he fires off after going to MIT or no, it wasn't MIT. Um, well, it was, but there was another one too. I can't remember. Anyway, some college shit, right? Um, he's going to college, and after getting out of college, he basically shotguns applications out to all these labs, right? Um. And he gets a call back from, uh, uh, from basically Area 51. It's from S4, which is like a site near Area 51, but not necessarily on Area 51. And basically yeah, what they do there, <laughs> what, what they do there is they uh, kind of swear him to secrecy. And then they basically tell him, look, we're reverse engineering and trying to understand the physics behind these alien spacecraft. We have several of them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it ba basically he goes into a lot of detail about how these alien spacecraft works. Um, he, he describes things, for instance, uh, like identification technology that measures the length of the bones in your hand, which apparently are unique to each person, which when he was talking about in the eighties, people were like, no, that's nonsense. But now it's a real thing. And it's pretty much exactly what he described. Um, he predicted the existence of this thing called Element 115, and scientists were all like, "No, that's fucking nonsense." And now they're like, "Okay, yeah, he was he was actually right." Uh, <laughs> you know, so a lot of things that he talked about come out. Well, he's he was right about this. He was right about this, and 
because scientists don't know what it is. They have no understanding of it because it doesn't really exist yet. He shouldn't know. And basically what he describes is like these ships work off of building like a, a gravity well, you know, uh, in the direction that they want to go so that the ship is always kind of falling into this gravity well. And that's how it propels itself along. And basically they don't understand the physics behind it. Because Mike said something yesterday, like, well, how do you keep from tearing a fucking hole in space and time? And it's like, well, maybe that's why they want to understand the physics. They know how it works, but <laughs> it's really important to know why, <laughs> you know. And how you control it, yeah. And yeah. Knowing the theory behind it is not quite enough. And, you know, the, like I said, I, I get the theory that he talks about. And this guy is, he's got the mind the the and the will, the ability to have a very comfortable life without having to get any kind of attention. From yeah. Yeah. He hasn't gotten any money for this. Shit. And he comes he out in the eighties. Some Weird shit, but he, you cannot say anything that he says is stupid because this man is fucking brilliant. He's, he's very intelligent. Everything that he says and has, has done is sound. If, if you put it down on paper and do math to it, um, and why would he go out and say some really stupid shit like this to try to get some... Uh, yeah, he even said, look, if I wanted to lie, I could tell a more... And... Yeah, he's like, I could tell a more interesting, better lie. He's like, but... He's got enough background knowledge to be able to just spit some bullshit out there that, you know, you couldn't prove. Um one way or the damn other if you if you wanted to out of yeah except for things he can't he's saying nothing's been disproved it's all coming true bit by bit right and he and says i'm pretty sure he was making good money <coughs> he's probably making good money <coughs> no for some reason for some reason yeah he he's he goes separate he, ways he right people. he he leaves this behind and he goes public um kind of as an insurance policy because um, once he once you once the information's already out there, the you, the government can't kill you. Because what's the point, right? Like the information's already out, and if they kill you, it's just going to make it more obvious. Like they weren't really into Epsteining people back in the day. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, you can. I mean, if you, you know, well, hell, they've already done it now. What the fuck's the problem? What's the harm? Yeah, they they apparently had some scruples at least back in the eighties. Um, so he basically, and what happens is the government erases all his records of ever going to college. Um, they erase his high school transcripts. They erase like the records of him working there, except if you are able to, there's like a laboratory, uh, phone directory for that, for the lab where he worked and they did all this shit. And if you have, if you get your hands on one of the copies from the time that he worked there, his office is listed. Like, he's listed in their old phone books. But as far as, like, any records, like, on site, there's no record of him working there except for there are, like, hard evidence that he did that they weren't able to get rid of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, to me, pretty much, as soon as, I was, as soon as I found out that the phone book thing exists, I'm like, okay, he definitely worked there. They definitely erased it. <laughs> um, there's... There's people who, like, there's all kinds of witnesses. Like, yeah, I used to drop Caltech. He's like, I used to drop him off a of fucking Caltech every day. <laughs> you know? Like, and they 
Either he spent. He's been playing a long con, or he went for no profit. He's made no money off this. He hasn't written any books. You know, he might have made like a little bit for the interview or something like that, but it wasn't money he needed. You know, <laughs> he's not hurting. He didn't do it for fame or money. He did it. I, th I think he released the information initially to stay alive. And I th afterwards, I, you know, he didn't want to talk about it for a long time. He wouldn't. And eventually he did that other interview where he basically just kind of went over some of the same things. He's like, look, you know, I've, I've said it before, but, you know, and he's had, uh, he's had years to reflect on some things. And his, like uh, in his initial interview in the 80s, he described what he, he's like, I saw this thing in a window for like a brief second. And he basically described a gray alien, you know, <laughs> or a jag officer. Um, and in his, in his older, his older years, you know, as he's aged and he's thought back on it, he's like, look, it was more than likely a doll that scientists were sitting there like discussing with each other about the placement of it. He's like, it was more likely, it was probably wasn't a live alien. It was probably a doll of, you know, a passenger, you know, uh, and they, they referred to the, uh, people who were piloting the well the creatures or whatever that were piloting the craft they were studying they referred to them as the kids so he, he said it kind of fit and he's like it, it makes more sense that it was a doll and it was a millisecond he was like i never really said it was an alien but after you know thinking about it more and more he's like i don't i think it was just like a doll you know like a crash test dummy and you know they yeah, were I've like seen that part I mean, that, that's an honest reflection on the time too so i mean yeah, I mean, to me, the dude is as credible as it's going to get, you know, like, <laughs> um, I, I don't believe he's lying. I, you know, uh, I can't find a motive. His story hasn't really changed. He's reflected and changed some of his opinion, but his story hasn't changed. So Area 51 is a thing. And in my opinion, you know, um, I kind of wish that the whole storm Area 51 thing would have gone down. Um, I think it would have resulted in a lot of deaths, but I think in the out in the outcome of it, we would have learned the truth in the subsequent trials. <laughs> um, instead, they just stormed a Capitol building. Like I don't know where I don't, I don't know where it got changed along the way. <laughs> I don't know if you'd ever be able to get the truth out of it. Well, you know, if anything like that, it's going to be protected. And like even he said, it's not exactly at Area 51. It's near Area 51. And I've been saying for years, it doesn't make any sense to keep it there if it is. You know, well, if it's probably not at the <coughs> lake, but it's in Area 51. You, we we got to establish, you know, in case anybody doesn't know that Area 51 is not just a little building or an airfield or an address. Area 51 is a big giant parcel of land on a government map. Oh yeah, um, that divides. <clears throat> Not just that particular area, but the entire country into grids of area, and that just happens to be Area 51 of that particular state. Yeah, it's it's a large area, um, and like I said, it contains this S4 complex. It also contains the infamous Hangar 18, which, like I said, if they got a goddamn spaceship in Hangar 15, still to this, I mean Hangar 18, still to this day, then. I mean, I knew the government was stupid, but, you know, come on. Well, um, like I say, <laughs> you got a perfectly defendable area that you know, you've already invested all kind of surveillance technology in. You can see anybody coming and going. 
even with the technology, <coughs> uh, you've already got manpower there. You've already got you know, all your defensive capabilities there. Can't nobody get to you, and the story's already out, and only you know some people actually believe it. Fuck yeah, I'd still operate there. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can keep you out, so you're still not going to get to see it. <laughs> you know something's there, but you don't know what. Yeah, but I mean, if you're doing a cover up, you cover your tracks better than that. You keep you keep this empty building guarded as fuck. Maybe the Ark of the Covenant's there, you know. <laughs> but the one thing that is not going to be at this place in Area 51 is a goddamn alien spaceship. The Ark and the Covenant would be our original escape pod that we came down that actually contains technology from our earlier time. Oh Jesus, Mike! <laughs> now I would I would say that you'd have a you'd have a good argument. There could be a discussion about Noah's Ark being and and, and there was there there was only one copy made and it was in, hidden in, in, in the Library of Alexandria. Oh man. Or, you know, somewhere out there, Superman ship still is. It's like Superman ship, you know? The crit the, was Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had his crystal on board, too, man. Yeah. I mean, I've been on board a few things with some crystals. <laughs> uh, that's kind of why we didn't record yesterday. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, my goodness, man! Yeah, I, I can actually see where they can get some, you know, really religious tales. Bro, I can make up some stories myself. For real, you know. <laughs> like I've often thought, I keep thinking, talking myself out of starting my own religion because I'm like, people will never fall for it. But then it's like, yeah, they would. <laughs> it doesn't even have to make sense. And that's, that's always been my fallback is like, well, I mean, people don't fall for anything, just anything. But then you could just point to Heaven's Gate or, you know. <laughs> uh. I've always thought about how it would be to have a cult. But I'm like, man, that's too much fucking work in building a story. Right. I mean, there's there's stuff the involved. I gotta play the fucking part though, man. I gotta be on stage all the time. Yeah, you'd never, you'd never really be be able to be you. Yeah, because nobody likes me. I mean, uh, I can't have a cult. I can create somebody that can create a cult, but I can't create a cult. Yeah, me and uh, Jessica and Storm are going to be uh, starting a. Probably three-part series on uh, for Charlie Manson's fanny pack about Charles Manson, and like <laughs> we're going to be doing like one on him, one on the family, and then we're going to talk about the murders and the trials, and the the rest of the shit that happened afterwards. Um, so yeah, and you know people believe anything, you know <laughs> they in. Sometimes, Charles Manson, he didn't have to play a part, though. He was just who he was. <laughs> he was just naturally and, this guy. <laughs> and there are some people can, that can spin a line of bullshit to the point where you will believe them. Yeah, man, especially if everything else they say makes sense, right? Yep. 
Lazar can be speaking right straight out of his bunghole. He can. I don't think so. But then again, why? But you know, yeah, I've met I've met crazy people, and I've met crazy people that seem pretty fucking intelligent. Like this story changed. Like it ruined his life, really. But he had a life, you know. (laughs) Like as far as like, yeah, it, it ruined a lot of his credibility with a lot of shit. Now, granted, he's a genius and he makes rocket bicycles, you know, so he's fine. But far as like. It, it made him a public figure. It made him, you know, you have all the all the crazy people in the world, you know, all the, uh, you know, coast-to-coast call-ins. And it didn't even knock his ass down to my level. Fuck that ruining his life shit. I'm not talking about financially, you know. <laughs> I mean, my life was ruined financially. I took some bad advice. <laughs> No, I, that did not ruin your life financially. <laughs> stopped you from gaining financially. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's all right, Mike. I still love you, bro. <laughs> hey, I lost out on that, too. <laughs> yeah, you did. Big time. God, nice. And we'd probably still be doing a podcast, but we'd have an employee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And that seems to be our biggest drawback at this point. We need an employee. <laughs> yeah, it means I got to make enough money in my job to be able to pay one. Cause it was, we gotta, I don't know, how, how, do you, how do you do that internship? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> and who's going to intern for a fucking couple of dudes in a, a, a dimly, well, sometime excessively brightly lit, but mostly dimly lit room, you know, with a mattress on the wall? <laughs> Who's going to come be our sound person? You know. Like, Crayon could have done it, but then he moved away. And, you know, Gunner maybe. But I might... Gunner might actually be a thing, man. He he might... No, it might actually make it sound a little bit better if we uh, install some leather straps and a, a wooden beam. All right, so... I hope you're not. <laughs> See, I went with a I went with a crossbeam set up like an X and with arm and leg straps. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. What we just leather straps? We just get some geisha girl to tie up and tie up onto a crossbeamer and listen to our podcast. I mean, oh, sounds Howard S- S- Howard Stern's done worse. But <laughs> it's just a, it's just an interesting desk chair combination, so that she can reach the controls. Huh. Or he, um, I mean, they. <laughs> well, hmm. I am in a PC pretzel here, Mike. <laughs> oh man. Well, do you have anything else to say about Roswell or Area 51? I'm sure we'll do more episodes on aliens as time goes by. There's other cool events uh, like the, what, Rendlesham Forest or whatever in in Britain. Rendlesham Ford, Ford, Shire, Finland. Um, okay. <laughs> some, um, Brit- some British forest. There was a, uh, a, like the British Air Force has official reports 
from high-ranking members of UFOs landing, like, in the woods around the base. And, like, <laughs> official there's reports. A, there's, a, there's a lot of reports all around the world from military folks. But, you know, crazy people are everywhere, you know? Yeah, but you don't become... Like, some of these people, you don't get to this rank. Well, unless you're a Nazi. And you're like Himmler or Goebbels. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't get to this rank being absolute fucking nutso, right? And it's it's um, there's so. Um, <laughs> um, in a, in a, I'd like to interject. How many are Christians? All right, so fair enough. How many but, Mormons? Well, in England, I don't think any. <laughs> in military, I'm talking in in you know high ranking military or high ranking official positions. Probably quite a few, um, I would actually imagine. Um, yeah, I, I so you know. I I, I knew a perspective of believing. In I was in boot camp with a Mormon. Believing a UFO as the same fever as a religion and yeah, but you go, you can, the whole base saw the same it. Fucking thing. The whole base saw it. The whole base reported yeah. that there was there was physical evidence left behind, like burns and fucking marks and shit that they were able to take photographs of. Like either the whole base hoaxed it, you know. I mean, we'll, we it'll be a cool episode. We'll put it on the voter list. Rendell Shecker Finsenden Forest. Um, I don't. Or it was a way of hiding their own secret technology from their military neighbors, and we're just like, yeah, yeah. It was oh, then there's the Nazi UFO connection. We could talk about Daiglock, <laughs> the yeah, Bell. We're not working on super fast, supersonic, unmanned nuclear bombers. Yeah, no, that was a UFO, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then every, that up too. yeah, everybody will believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it could still be done. You, you, the whole base can lie about particular thing. Yes, that's where they were testing their super secret military shit, and they don't want nobody to know they were doing it. <laughs> Hell yeah, I buy it. Might might be why we started putting UFOs in. Area 51. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Might be why we're trying to build UFOs. We come in peace while we're getting ready to drop a bomb. What if all of the, all these UFOs are, are things that have gone back through the rip in space-time that we made with the Hadron Collider? Uh, you know, see our episode on uh, reality before the Mandela Effect episode for more information on that. Um, oh yeah, that's, that's that's a good connection. I like that. Yeah, yeah. See, see that nice callback there. They're gonna oh, go yeah. looking for that episode now. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, you know, punch some subscribes and likes. Uh, follow us, email us. Uh, you can join our Patreon and get uh, get some bonus contents. Um, we also have uh, we're we're a member of the Nifty Rocks Media Production, uh, a place where you can find other such shows as uh, Charlie Manson's Fanny Pack and uh, Skeeter's Bar Talk, if you're a patron. Um, soon there will also be Unevangelist. Uh, that'll be my little show about, uh, I'm just basically going to rip into evangelicals. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
<laughs> Check it out. It's coming soon. Um, and yeah, unless you have anything else, Mike, uh, no, we're going to let them go folks. You know, have a great one, man. Yep. Yep. Fuck around and uh, find out and all that happy shit. Uh, this has been Stoner's Point. <laughs>